This is the Podium Finish Live from Austin, Texas, and various points across the country. Here's your host, Rob Tiansen. And a good, good day to all of you out there. Welcome to the Podium Finish Live, episode number 92. I'm your host, Rob Tiansen. Thank you for joining me for this post Las Vegas pre-Homestead Miami edition of our show. We have a lot to look forward to on this particular podcast as we're nearing our second year anniversary of this rebooted podcast. So super awesome about that. And it's going to be even better because for this week's edition of The Hot Seat, we have a familiar friend and AJ Allmendinger in The Hot Seat. So I'm really looking forward to having AJ on to talk about his season, how he's been persevering, what it's been like to be back in the Cup Series, and of course, his new life as a father to his baby boy, Arrow James, and everything about how life has been pretty good for him after some tough events that he's been through this year. So AJ, as you know, is always candid, so honest, and this interview is no exception to that experience. So I'm looking forward to having AJ on later on on this podcast. Now, Nathan Solomon, my friend and my co-host, he's off again this week, but he'll be back next weekend to go and look forward to next weekend's race at Martinsville, and he'll also recap all the action with me that took place at Homestead Miami Speedway. I shouldn't say in past tense yet, though, because Homestead Miami will be taking place here in a couple of days, so I'm looking forward to all of the action in the finale, if you will, for the truck series before we get to the season finale at Phoenix, whereas the Cup and Xfinity series, they still have two more races left in their round of eight, and so we have a lot to look forward to in terms of who's going to make the championship four, and of course, the only driver that we know for sure is making it to the championship four, at least on the Cup side, would be Kyle Larson, and we'll talk about him during Podium Perspectives a little bit later on in the show, but right now, Let's go hear from our sponsors, SpoilerDieCast.com. Hey racing fans, are you in the hunt for the latest diecast cars from Lionel Racing or F1 or IndyCar diecasts? Well, look no further. If you head to SpoilerDieCast.com, you'll find all of the latest and greatest diecast cars and get free shipping and 5% off of your orders if you use promo code TPF by spending $20 or more on your items. Head over to SpoilerDieCast.com and let Evan and his team know that you want the best diecast cards around. And if you use promo code TPF, you'll be in the winner's circle. It doesn't get better than that. So just head on over to SpoilerDieCast.com and make your latest purchases today. That's yes, indeed, folks. Use that promo code TPF. And you'll save some money, get free shipping, and you'll feel really happy about making your purchasing choices with a great small business that does everything that a big business ought to do. So spoilerdiecast.com, promo code TPF, spend $20 or more on, on in-stock items or pre-order items. And if you use that promo code, you get free shipping and 5% off of your order. It doesn't get better than that. So trust me. You'll be really happy when you, you go shop at SpoilerDieCast.com. And along the way, you're supporting the Podium Finish in the process. Well, with that, folks, let's head on over to Podium Perspectives, powered by SpoilerDieCast.com.
Last Sunday, South Point 400, the opening race for the NASCAR Cup Series round of eight, was pretty exciting, I would say the least. It didn't have a lot of lead changes, but it wasn't a totally straightforward victory for Kyle Larson. Yes, if you look at the box score, certainly you could argue that he looked like he had an easy time. He led the majority of the race. He swept both stages. But stage two provided a bit of a hair-raising moment, if you will, for the five team, because on lap 141, Larson, who was running second, broke really loose, but he found a way to not overcorrect his race car, and all he suffered was a little bit of cosmetic damage to his quarter panel. Now, it did affect his ability to do a side draft in the corners with his competitors, but Cliff Daniels, Kyle Larson, they kept calm, they kept methodical, they didn't give up, they just adapted to the situation, and lo and behold, in stage three, you know, with a great pit stop towards the end of the race, Larson, who got back up to third, well, his pit crew delivered with another clutch pit stop. Less than 10 seconds, almost within the eight-second range, and they got Larson out from third to first place. And he held on to that lead for the final 50 laps to score his fourth points-paying victory. And if you count the All-Star race, which is a non-points race, of course, it's the fifth victory for Kyle Larson in 2023. So for all the talk about Larson winning or crashing out of races, I would say, honestly, even with the round of 12 considered, Larson's been having a pretty good postseason run, and I think a lot of folks kind of forgot about him because Martin Truex Jr. and William Byron seem to be the numero unos, if you will, when it came to who's going to be the top contenders in the playoffs. And to a point, yes, they're still very much in the game. I mean, Martin Truex Jr. didn't have the greatest of Las Vegas races, but yet he's still in the hunt. And then William Byron, he didn't have the greatest run either. You know, he hung around 6th or 10th for most of the race. And if that's a bad day for William Byron, then I don't want to know what a good day would be for him if I was his competitor. Other than Kyle Larson, who would know what... William Byron would have in his number 24 car. So, you know, honestly, Larson's victory at Las Vegas gives the number five team a lot of luxury to go and prepare their Phoenix car and also get a little bit aggressive. They can take chances. And, and kind of to paraphrase what Kyle Larson said after the win at Vegas, he was saying something along the lines of, well, I don't want to piss off anybody these next two weeks, which you don't want to because if you nudge somebody out of the way to get an unnecessary victory, well, it's a necessary victory if you want to build momentum, but that's a situation where it could become unnecessary where if you're trying to get around that person for position or if they're a lapped car, then you're not, they're not going to make life easy on you. So... I'm sure Larson, crew chief Kyle, Cliff Daniels, and Tyler Mon, their spotter, they're going to all try to be clean, but also go after maximum points, get wins, because it doesn't really matter at this point if they get the most wins of the year, because now that he's in the championship four, everybody's points gets reset to the same value. There is no bonus points for winning a stage. It's just finishing the highest among the four drivers at Phoenix. So the hard part's over for Larson, and at this point, you don't want to back off, you don't want to let off the gas pedal, but at the same time, it's about being smart, being situationally aware of what's going on, 
and that has been the patented things we've seen out of Larson in that five camp since they've gotten together in 2021. So congratulations to Kyle Larson and everybody at Hendrick Motorsports' his number five team on winning at Vegas. Christopher Bell certainly gave a run for their money. I mean, the margin for victory was really razor thin. If you looked at the last final three laps when Bell made a lot of progress to catch up to Larson, and in that final lap, even with that amazing block by Larson, Bell almost found a way to get side-by-side at the stripe, but he just didn't have enough time to go and make that side-by-side a little bit more meaningful for him. And I know Bell was disappointed in himself for not getting the job done, but the fact that he was really respectful and he didn't rack out Larson for the win, that's going to be something that Larson will remember down the road. Maybe not for this season because he wants to win the championship, but let's just say that, see, Larson's going to have a bad day in 2024, and Bell's having a great race. He's leading the way, and he's about to lap Larson. I think he'd give that some consideration to him to get the job done so that Bell can continue on and not feel like he's being impeded by the five cars. So respect goes a long ways, and we've been talking about that, Nathan and I, about you know how things in NASCAR have changed to this really aggressive style that nobody gives an inch to each other. And, and that's fair. I mean, that's sports. But it's really something else when you're seeing another competitor from another manufacturer from another team being that aware to be that respectful to another competitor. That's sportsmanship. That's something we don't see a lot in any kind of sport these days. So I give a lot of kudos and a lot of praise to Christopher Bell for how he raced Larson. So well done. And I know he'll have another chance to get a victory to be a part of that championship four because I do have him as one of the four that will go for the championship at Phoenix in less than three weeks. Now, another thing we should be talking about is the controversial penalty that was not a penalty after all for Ryan Blaney. What do I mean by that? Well, moments after the South Point 400, I should say like hours after the race, Ryan Blaney was disqualified from the race. There was some sort of issue that NASCAR found during the post-race inspection that honestly did not you know, bode well, didn't really make them feel like, oh, that's good, you know. This certainly warrants a type of penalty. So, in this case, it looked like Blaney was going to be in a must-win situation. It looked really tough. There was an issue with the left front shock in which Blaney's car was found to be short, which initially led to the disqualification after the race. Then a bit over 12 hours later, going into Monday, we're all informed by NASCAR that the disqualification was rescinded, which brought Blaney back from a last place finish to being in the sixth position, which was a good day for him considering the fact that instead of being in a must-win situation, now he's just a handful of points away from the, the fourth position for the championship four spot. NASCAR conducted a detailed investigation They restored the number 12 stage and race finishing position from Sunday because after a further review of the inspection process throughout this past weekend's events at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, NASCAR rescinded the number 12's disqualification penalty. Monday morning during its race weekend debrief, NASCAR discovered an issue 
with the damper template used for inspection. And a lot of folks within the racing industry were a bit puzzled by it. I mean, I was watching NASCAR Race Hub on FS1, and Drew Blickensturfer said it was a very confusing penalty. You wouldn't have given Blaney any advantage. You don't want to mess with the left front. Now, I am no mechanical expert, but if a crew chief's saying that, and that's not even their car, then I gotta take their word for it. And it's not like if they were intentionally doing that, that it helped their case at all. So... Blaney is now 17 points from the cut line. He's now going to be up to a situation where, hey, if he has a good day at Homestead and those people ahead of him don't, Martinsville becomes a very interesting race. And, uh, you know, lately I would say he's gotten a little bit better at that short track. So if he can capitalize this weekend at Homestead, life gets a little bit easier for the very popular driver from Hartford Township, Ohio. So... You Blaniacs out there, just breathe easy, everything will be just fine. Now sticking with the Ford Performance Camp for last Saturday's race, Riley Herbst has been waiting a long time to win a race. I mean, he's always been knocking on the door. He has dominated races. He has driven towards the front. He has learned how to channel that aggression with being a little bit wiser and more patient behind the wheel. In the in the words of the late T. Wayne, uh, Wayne Robertson to Jimmy Spencer that I could think of back in 1997, 1998, it was something along the lines of sometimes you have to go a little bit slower to go a little bit faster. And I think that's what the Las Vegas native did during Saturday's race in that number 98 Monster Energy Ford Mustang fielded by Stuart Haas Racing. At last, Riley Herbst finally won a race, and the better news for him, besides getting that first victory in front of his friends and family at his hometown track, no less, is the fact that he's going to be back in that car next year. Now, there's nothing better than having job security, because you can't win if you don't have a ride. You can't make an occupation if you don't have the occupation, you know, so I think that's just a sweet moment for Riley. I know he has been working really hard to be a better driver, you know, working well with Devin Restivo and just being a better team player as well. So kudos to him for getting that victory, but even better that he's evolved as a driver. He wants more out of himself. I mean, he was pretty hard on himself after he won the race saying, you know, we have such great cars. It's embarrassing. Well, I'm just paraphrasing. It's embarrassing that we didn't even get to be further into the playoffs and, I'm sure when next year comes around, he'll be even more determined, more tenacious, more hungry, but he's also going to keep being smart about how he gets out there to pick and choose his battles. And who knows, with next year's Xfinity field, it's going to be pretty exciting to see the veterans, the young drivers like Riley Herbst. It's, it's going to be a heck of a season. And I think this is just the beginning for Riley. It really reminds me a bit of how when Chase Briscoe got his first victory, everything started to click for him. And eventually he worked his way to the Cup Series. So I think Riley has a little bit of a promising precedence with his Cup teammate, Chase Briscoe, going through that. And we've seen how Riley's been pretty good in the Cup Series too when he's driven for that limited entry fielded by Front Row Motorsports. So well done, Mr. Herps. And I'm sure that's not the only time you'll win a race in your career. Now let's talk about the Truck Series because at last they're back in action. They just seem to be off all the time. And uh, 
We haven't seen them since the Talladega Super Speedway race, which everybody knows was the one where Nick Sanchez and Matt Crafton fought it out. And unfortunately for Nick Sanchez, it resulted in a lot of bloody mess on his face, a broken looking nose, just all kinds of difficult things that happened to him. But nevertheless, he is still above the cut line, presently in fourth, and he has a lot of motivation this weekend because he's going to be racing at in front of his hometown fans, being a Miami, Florida native. And of course, this race is at Homestead, Florida, not that far away from that city, of course. I think for you know Nick Sanchez and Ref Racing, they want to do everything they can to retain that final spot, maybe even win the race, which would be... That would be kind of a statement to say the least because the only person in the truck series in that side of things who's made it to the championship four is Corey Heim. We have Carson Hosevar who's still 10 points behind Corey Heim, but he maintains a pretty decent padding over Grant Finger. Then you have Christian Eckes who's been, she's just been sneaky good. And then Nick Sanchez who has been knocking on the door and Really, my friends, I think he is so close to winning a race. Then you have Grant Infinger, who's three points below the cut line. And then you have Ben Rhodes, who's five points below. And then things get a little bit complicated for Ty Majeski, who's 19 points below the cut line. And then Zane Smith, who's pretty much in a must-win situation, being 36 points below the cut line. So much is going to happen this weekend. I mean... We very well could see a new Truck Series champion, or it could be a case where Insane Smith makes a miraculous comeback and uh, he's fighting for a championship in his last Truck Series race for Front Row Motorsports and Ford Performance. We'll talk about race winning picks in a moment, but I think for me, obviously Heim's already in. I think you gotta say Carson Hosevar makes it. I'll say Nick Sanchez makes it. And this one's really tough because, as you can tell, folks, the the battle to make it in is separated by only a handful of points. I mean, Ben Rose can do anything. Now he's back with Rich Lucius. Grant Infinger, we've seen him come through all year. He's also really good in intermediates. So I will have to give the nod to Grant Infinger to knock out Christian Eckes. I'm sorry, but I really think Grant Infinger is going to do some good things on Saturday afternoon, and that means, of course, Zane Smith will not advance. But truth be told, I think he'll give everything he can give to that number 38 team, but I know he's really looking forward to next season when he gets to drive in the Cup Series full-time. Now, my friends, it's time for winning time, which, of course, last weekend, I did give you the right winning pick for the Cup Series. I'm not as good as Nathan, so Nathan, uh, you get to brag about me, Uh, about that for another week but we'll go through each of these three major races starting off with the nascar craftsman truck series baptist health 200 the defending race winner is ty majeski then the nascar xfinity series contender boats 300 which was won last year by noah gregson he's not entered into the race of course and then for sunday's nascar cup series forever 400 presented by mobile one which is a neat neat little tribute to of course kevin harvick our defending race winner is kyle larson so we'll start from the truck series and then work our way to the cup series for the truck series race i really think 
I kind of gave my pick away, didn't I? I said Grandin Finger is going to take the spot away from Christian Eckes. I say that that's going to be the case. And Finger wins. Sanchez holds on. And, man, life is going to be really exciting to see how this Championship 4 plays out when you have a bunch of young drivers and that veteran and Grant and Finger in the hunt. Don't you know we're in for a treat? And then as far as the City of Series race is concerned, we're only a few more races away from deciding the season. Of course, we can't have any Cup Series regulars that are full-time in this race, but we have Ryan Newman, who's entered in the number 66 car, NBC's announcer, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and of course, two-time Xfinity Series champion. He's in the race. And then we have Connor Mosick, Joe Graff Jr., among those other drivers. I'm going to go sentimental here, and I'll say if Dale Earnhardt Jr. wins this race on Saturday afternoon, Junior Nation is going to go crazy in South Beach. So I'll go with number 88 to get the win. But of course, if any of his drivers need to get the victory, like a Sam Mayer, um, you know, just wanting to get to win a race, just in general, why not? I think he would be really thrilled to have that happen. Justin Allgaier, I know he'd love a victory. Would not be something for him if he could do that. So I see, I'll still say Dale Jr. gets it done. And it'll be a very popular victory for his fans and a lot of NASCAR fans in this 75th anniversary season. Now, I don't have to think too hard about this pick for the Cup Series. So for the second week in a row, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. You remember, folks, he led all but 68 laps last year. And this year, he's got the Phoenix car racing this weekend at Homestead. And if it's the same Phoenix car that we saw race earlier this season that nearly won at Phoenix then I'm sure Cliff Daniels, the rest of that team, has worked really hard to get that car to be even better within compliance, of course, with NASCAR's rules and templates and all of that. And all of that, so I think it's going to be an easy Kyle Larson victory. And that means for the championship four contenders, they're going to be going, man, this is kind of good, but I really could have used that victory. So that's my thoughts on that. So what do you think, folks? Let me know on social media, my handle on any major platform, such as X or Instagram, Facebook. It's at Rob T. Ongson. And of course, our general one is at the podium finish. Let me know who your picks are. And if you happen to pick all three race winning picks, I will personally get you an in stock 2023 164 diecast car from spoilerdiecast.com. So let me know, tweet at me, and I want you to challenge me on my picks. Make the winning picks because I'll get you a prize, okay? Do that, folks. Now, as we get towards the home stretch of TPF Live episode number 92, it is time for In the Hot Seat with AJ Almendinger. Welcome back to the Podium Finish Live at the Racetrack in the hot seat with driver of the number 16 Action Industry Chevrolet Camaro ZL1, filled by Call Racing. This gentleman here is AJ Almendinger. I'm Rob Tiongson, of course, and uh, as always, we can't do Texas Race Weekend without AJ. So before we get started, how are you doing? I'm great. Um, I'm liking your, your sleek haircut there. It's good for this weather. I, I made a mistake. I didn't get the haircut this week, so I'm just going to sweat like crazy. Uh, luckily, I'm going to have to add more gel to my hair for this 
weekend because it's supposed to be like 104 on race day. So um, that's my biggest concern right now is how much gel I got to put in my hair for the race. Um, other than that, it's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, the secret is hairspray. No, no hairspray. Like it doesn't like you. It's you got the hair that like like just kind of flows perfectly that way. My hair curls if I go hairspray and look like a big poofy labradoodle by the time I'm done, so I gotta gel it. Oh, real worry. Well, we will talk about hair in a little bit, okay. but let's actually talk about good business here because uh, since we last talked, you're now a dad, so I'd be remiss if I don't congratulate you and Tara on becoming parents to your beautiful baby boy, Arrow James. And I saw the video on Instagram, which really like melted my heart. What's it been like to raise your baby boy these first few weeks here? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's interesting when you look down at him and it's like, wow, I have a real human to care for now. This is this is insane. I wasn't wasn't ready for that. So, um, luckily, I'm I'm married to the unicorn. So Tara, she's uh, she's amazing. And uh, right now, he, he's a mama's boy. Uh, he constantly wants to be attached to her for multiple reasons, and uh, we'll leave it at that. So it's. Uh, but no, it's it's really cool, and uh, you know I can't wait to as he gets older and us be best buddies and hang out. So everything's really good. I'm sleeping fairly well. Tara uh, stays in his room, and and you know because he constantly needs her. But um, yeah, it's it's special. I was gonna say back in March when all the good things happened, I was like, oh, AJ and Tara are not gonna get any sleep at all. So. Looks like one of you guys is getting the victory on yeah. that. Yeah, I, I got the better end of the deal, so it's, uh, but, you know, it's like more than anything right now, I'm, I'm always more just worried about her. I'm like, okay, I don't want her exhausted. I want to make sure she she gets everything she needs. Uh, so that's really my job right now in this, is just to make sure, as the husband, that Tara's just not completely exhausted and, and ready to run away. It's like the Rolex 24, but you have a baby now, not a <laughs> trophy to go after. Yeah. About the same sound sometimes, quite honestly. <laughs> there you go, parents. Do endurance yeah. races, then become a parent. Yeah. And along with that, you also have a new kitty in your family. I know we all miss Mr. Tickles. I do. I know you and Tara do. But you got Chicken Nugget now, which great name. How is life with Chicken Nugget? Going? Chicken Nugget's great. Uh, you know, Tara obviously losing Tickles was was a sudden shock that we weren't really ready for. Um, and you know, Tickles was was both of our pets obviously but that was Tara's baby so you know for a long time we had a lot of fans constantly like kind of messaging Tara like oh I found this cat or I found that cat and just was never the right time and then for whatever reason this this you know sweet lady text Tara or, or message Tara and like started talking and started sending videos and the next thing you know we're, we're picking Chicken Nugget up at at Gateway of all places. She she lived in Missouri, so she drove, dropped off Chicken Nugget, went to the race, and um, yeah, she's it's she's great. It, it's actually crazy to me how different Tickles is to Chicken Nugget. Just the, their personalities. Uh, you know, Tickles even even to the day before he passed is like somebody come in the bus or somebody come in the house. Like he would kind of run away and hide, and then maybe he'd come check it out and see if everything's. Chicken Nugget will just like basically jump at the person right away, and uh, but yeah, it's Terrace. Terrace, that was that's her her new baby, and uh, that was. It, I'm happy that that we have Chicken Nugget because you can see how happy she makes Terrace. 
and everyone's happy now I'm in Digger House. It's like brand new family. We started the year off and now all of a sudden look at this. Yeah, Xena, we're working on Xena right now because she, she's still trying to figure out what Arrow is. So she's getting closer. I don't think she likes that it's not all about her right now. Yeah. Uh, but it's it, for the most part, it's peaceful at the house. It'll work out. Yeah. I speak from experience. <laughs> It wasn't long ago that you were this young driver coming from... That wasn't long ago that I was a young driver, Rob. I don't want to think that way. 2006 feels like yesterday to me, okay? Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, you were like the brash, young, confident, open-wheel driver against these great guys in the IndyCar series, and now you're one of the respected veterans in stock car racing. And you have a moment to pause and think about that. How do you feel about all of this? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, it's, it's always... I, I look... But every day of waking up and try to be better, and no matter what you're doing in life, and you know that that to me is the reason to wake up is, is to try to get better. Uh, you know, if you would have told 2002 AJ Allmendinger about you know as I was starting off in, in open wheel racing, like hey by the way in 21 years you're still going to be getting paid to drive race cars, I would have signed up for that deal in a heartbeat. Uh, so I feel very fortunate that I still get to do this. Um, and, and feel like you know I can still do it for for another several years if I want to. Uh, but with that said, it's it's always about trying to improve. So there's those ups and downs of, of just the the mental side of it. Of, of certain days you feel great about yourself, and other days you feel like you know you're not very good, and you got to figure out a way to get better. So um, it's just it's just part of it, and that's what keeps pushing. So it's always pushing that goalpost. It never stays still. The stagnancy makes you go, Why am I doing this in the first place? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I always feel like if you don't if you don't wake up to be better than, I mean, as, as bad as it sounds, maybe you, there's no reason to wake up. So that's that's what I'm always trying to push myself, and it's it's it creates a, an amazing life that I have, and it creates a, a dark side sometimes too when when you're struggling and, and you just feel like you're not getting better. So um, there's a good good and the bad with it for sure. That you wouldn't be able to navigate those uncharted waters, and you're handling it really well, and that's why you're here in this team and. Uh, I do want to ask you, I mean, kind of a cookie-cutter question, but what would be some of the goals for the end of this year that would make you say, you know what, AJ, I had a pretty decent year? Yeah, I, I think the ultimate goal is to, you know, you say you win a race, um, but that's so difficult, and, and I think at times where we are as a team that even on the road courses, like, it's you're reaching, you know. So, but I feel like we can go to the Roval and, and run up front. You know, I feel like if we could just – kind of consistently run top 15 the rest of the season. Uh, go to the couple of racetracks that you feel like you can be really good at and run really strong. Of course, if that if that's a win, that's amazing. Uh, and if if not, I think you just finish the year knowing that, that you, you know, you start, you finish the year a lot better than you started. And, and you know, I think that's all you can ask for. I mean, that's, those are realistic goals for sure. And uh, you win at the Roval, we all know that you're gonna win because your victory celebrations are comparable to a like a professional bowling association guy, PPW. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Oh yeah. So you better be like, hey, Jay, Almendinger. <laughs> Just saying. You're with a bunch of energetic people on this team too. So I, I never asked you what's been the most memorable or best advice you've received from either Matt Pollock or Chris Rice. You know, I think Matt, uh, in in the business sense of you know starting lead filter in his basement in his garage with a couple of buddies to where it is now and where he's at in life uh, you know the, the best thing and I'm not and I'll, I'll be 
100 percent honest. I'm terrible at this, but you know, Matt is is big about just enjoying every day, enjoying the process, and, and um, just you know, they, they talk about smiling for the day. You know, I, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I need to be a lot better at it at times, but uh, you know, Matt just leads that so much of of just enjoying what we're doing and, and going through the process, even if it's not going well, because we're still very fortunate to do that. So um, I'll, I'll admit, like, that's that's something i got to be better at, but that's Matt, Matt's a big, big about just enjoying yourself and, and what you're doing. Yeah, and it's obvious because this team is such, that's a, that's such harmony and uh, everyone works around making this program even better. One thing I'm not sure it gets better is the golf game because Mr. Hendrick told me a while back that he could hold his own against you. Yeah, Hem Hendrick smoked me this week actually. Really? So yeah, um, it, it's. Uh, I think it's better sometimes him only playing like once every month and he he goes out with low expectations compared to me where I grind away and probably hit two to three hundred golf balls every day <laughs> and expect. I don't know what do I expect right now. I expect to be better than I am. Uh, so I he's he's fully right on that. Like he can hold his own, and, and then when he wants, he can beat the hell out of me. So he's actually not hyping it to me. He was really being honest. No, he's right. Yeah. That Canapolis kid. Yeah. Oh boy, oh boy. I know it's a busy week, and so I'm gonna get to my last couple of questions here. If you had all the money and resources in the world to build your own racetrack anywhere around the world, what kind of track would you build, and where would it be? Well, I wouldn't leave the U.S. I'm a I'm a I, I, I love my homeland and I enjoy it and definitely don't want to leave it. Um, it's a good question of where I would build it. You know, I, I think uh, just because I love this area for golf, to me, like the Hilton Head area, that, that I mean, it's so beautiful there. Um, and if you could pick a, the right part of, of a land there and, and build a racetrack, it'd be a road course. I'm not building no damn oval. Uh, that to me, that would be an awesome place to race because I just love that area and it's so beautiful there. So um, that would be my pick. I like that. It's not really majestic. Yeah. I'm not sure this last answer to my question is going to be majestic, but let's keep it PG for the kids at home. Mysterious XM said, hey, AJ, we want you to be a guest DJ for a day. What songs are you playing for an hour vlog? Oh, man. We'd have a good mix flow in there. We would go some hard rock, Godsmack, Five Finger Death Punch. Then we'd switch it to, like, Drake, uh, stuff like that. Then we'd, just, then we'd have to probably end it on, on some, like, Vegas club music. Okay. Uh, go with that just to kind of keep the energy up and, and that flow. So... Um, we, we, we would have a good mix of, of what I would pick in, in music genre, and uh, but you'd leave you'd leave happy. I, I can promise that. Well, and that, maybe a little angry too. Well, what about that, folks? He actually gave me a PG <laughs> answer. I can actually air this on YouTube Kids. But anyways, AJ, do you have anything you want to say to the fans on the video or the podcast? Man, Rob, I just love you. I love. Like you if too. anybody else would have asked to do an interview this week, and I'd have told them to to go, you know. Well, I would, I would, yeah, something like that. But for you, I'm, I'm here, man. Oh, and that's why I'm here too. <laughs> Look at that, all the love here on TPF Live. And that, of course, was in the hot seat with AJ Almendinger. And my thanks, of course, goes out to everybody at College Racing. Of course, to AJ for being such an awesome friend, a great driver, and whatever happens to him next season, I'm looking forward to seeing what he'll do on the track.
And of course, want to shout out to his wife, Tara, for being a good friend as well. And of course, this show is dedicated to Arrow James because he's definitely a lot like his parents. And he's going to be a good good kid for sure. And of course, I want to thank Skylar Kays for making that interview possible during the Texas Motor Speedway race weekend. Um, AJ and I have a sense of humor that some folks don't understand, but we kept it tame this time around. So thought to share that fun interview with you folks. And I'm sure we have even more, not only with AJ, but other folks that I can't wait to air on TPF Live. Now with that, folks, it is time to go and wrap up episode number 92. So for AJ Allmendinger, I'm your host Rob Tiongson saying thank you so much for joining me here on TPF Live, the world's fastest hour of racing talk. Check out our prior episodes on any major podcasting platform, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. And join me and Nathan Solomon next week for episode number 93 for the post-Homestead pre-Martinsville edition of our show. As I always like to say at the end of these shows, let's all go get that checkered flag. And until next time, so long everyone.